1: But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know what trips to telephones and telephones that are no different to you?
0: Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saintsing, and the theme of today's episode, dare I say,
1: is things in places where they shouldn't be. That can be kind of sexy
0: sometimes, too, though. Like me on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to make a step family member stuck in a dryer joke, but that's not really my style. (laughs) St. Patrick's Day has already passed, so you can't make that. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, he got all those snakes out of Ireland and snakes obviously just being an old Christian metaphor for non-Christians. Right, right. But even then, like if you look at like some of the Gnostic traditions that were taking place, particularly in, in that first like 1500 years of Christianity, in some of the Gnostic traditions, the snake was considered to be actually a manifestation of Christ in the Garden of Eden, delivering knowledge. That's what I have read, and, and but I mean, like Christians being in Egypt is not. I mean,
1: like, is that a place where they shouldn't be? I, I mean, in Ireland in the in that time <laughs> of year, probably because they did some horrible shit, right? <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, to Saint Patrick,
0: right? To Saint Patrick, to Saint Patrick, you know, fuck that guy.
1: Just kidding. we're recording this on Easter Sunday, so why not give an ode to Saint Patrick? So yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, I I really don't celebrate Easter. It's not a... Yeah, what adult does. Yeah, if you have kids, right? It's just part two of the indoctrination one-two punch, and honestly, I think it's going in the wrong order, because Christmas gets way more than Easter, so you you shouldn't start... Well, then again, I guess it is kind of the heavy... Like, technically, Christmas is at the end of the year, but... It feels like Easter comes after Christmas because of the circle, because time is a because flat a circle, circle of life, because time's a flat circle. Yeah, yeah. So it always feels like Easter is closer after Christmas than Christmas is after Easter. So it feels like you get this big punch with Christmas and you follow it up with some fucking eggs. Yeah, and you have to look for them. I don't, yeah, I mean, like I, they're not just under a tree for me to open. Come on. Man. <laughs> yeah the, the, the level of effort and dedication it takes to get any sort of satisfaction out of Easter for a child is way higher than Christmas.
1: I think if we smoke enough rabbit's grass, we'll be able to figure out which is <laughs> first, though, you know,
0: so. Okay, campers, rise and shine. Don't forget your buddies. It's cold. No, 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 no. That sound can only mean one thing, Matt. We've had another breach of our national security, and secret documents were found somewhere where they were not supposed to be. I mean, we haven't. I don't want you putting that out there that we're responsible for for this. No, we we are not responsible for that, but that sound... Only plays is in, indicative <laughs> of a cla- a breach of classified information. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of this one. Um, this is one that's on some message board, right? So it's uh, no, better yet. It is on Discord, which is also where you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Leaking classified
1: information. Leaking man. classified uh, information. Uh, yeah, so yeah.
0: all the classified information you've been waiting for is available on our Discord. It's actually not.
2: <laughs>
0: you have to get to our patreon to get that <laughs> stuff which is a great way to plug the new patreon yeah you can talk to us on our patreon only discord or you can talk to us on the podcast nexus discord server where we have a uh, mega thread or you can talk to an only fans where i'll rate your dick and i'll show you mine <laughs> <laughs> the thing i've been getting it for free it's because we're not just fans I'm also his friend is because we're also we also have been in the army. So no shortage of dick scene there. Let me tell you that right now, no, yeah, man. I, and, you know, Matt and I both served during the don't ask, don't tell era. And the amount of mixed messaging you get in the military regarding who you are and are not supposed to be having sexual fantasies or sexual encounters with is wildly mixed. I mean, the first time I ever went to a field, field exercise, Fort Campbell, Kentucky,
1: it was January. And what they told us is, hey, there's no such thing as a cold weather and then a slur for gay men Um, during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Because when you're, you know, when you're cold and you're dying of like hypothermia and shit, the best thing that they tell you is skin on skin contact. That kind of warmth, right, which is going to save someone's life. And you're also going to get made fun
0: of (laughs) for the rest of your career. It's just like that ball of worms we talked about like a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, you, you you get together, you huddle together, you and you get slimy for warmth. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's classified documents.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and while I don't believe that gay service members should be forced to stay in the closet, classified documents should be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that closet should be in a skiff. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually a in a lot of ways more substantive than any of the other recent classified scandals because we still don't know exactly what's in the trump documents and that's a good thing yes yes because what what ultimately those cases are about are accidental or in mishandling mishandling it's it's about mishandling of classified not necessarily the divulgence of classified information yes the word the
1: internet is a leak this was put on they're yeah. on purpose so people would could fucking check it out. Yeah.
0: This is the difference yeah. between risk of exposure and actually seeing a penis at the movie theater.
1: Oh, Pee Wee Herman! <laughs> what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and for the record, I am against both kinds of revelations: classified documents and penises. I am not pro Pee Wee. I, I am pro Paul Rubens and other sam- and other people named after sandwiches. But okay. <laughs> I, to be fair, it was a pornographic movie theater. I think there's a reasonable expectation that if you walk into a pornographic movie theater, you could mm, see a dick. Yeah, but like if
1: I walk into a strip club, I don't consent to seeing another person's dick. And that's like a sexual, you
0: know. I don't know. Maybe I do. What the, what's the Supreme Court say about this? Yeah. I I don't know. We'll find out what Clarence Thomas wore to the strip club with Harlan Crow. Oh, exactly. <laughs> with, with, with David Koch. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Ginny's cool? Do you think she'll go to the no. strip club with her husband or is she like, that's boys night? I don't think
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think anyone anywhere close to the Supreme Court is fucking cool. <laughs> I mean,
0: Brett Kavanaugh might be cool. I mean, he. Was, it sounds like he was back in the 80s, but no, <laughs> except for the, the sexual assault stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot about like, that. Like, If you completely erase <laughs> his history of credible sexual assault accusations, he seems like a pretty fun dude to fucking hang out with. I mean, he drank a lot of beer. So why not? Right. Yeah. Or as he would say, I drank a lot of beer. (laughs) He's like crying about it in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So uh, official podcast stance, Brett Kavanaugh is not a cool dude. He has superficial qualities, which might be fun in the moment. I don't think we should be complimenting Brett Kavanaugh. I'll be honest. (laughs) But are actually super indicative of problematic behavior. You know what? It's kind of like every special forces person I've ever met. Mm. Matt, Matt's like, mm, I'm not going to comment on that, but I, I mean, you s- see, I mean they, they gave me the fucking, uh, they, they rotted me off the range. If you
2: remember there, <laughs>
0: like, um, I know you, you, you actually owe the special forces guys quite a debt. <laughs> they, well, they owe me about 40 bucks. If, <laughs> <laughs> if the going rate is, uh,
1: is true there. um, And they don't pay by the inch, which is good for me. So
0: So anyway, the bigger issue here is that these documents are actually out there and being perused by the public. It's being perused by the media. It's being perused by the Chinese allies and governments that we have a more adversarial relationship with. And the real damage of classified information often isn't the information itself, though in this case, it does seem like there might be some substantive things in there, like predictions of. Ukrainian battle capabilities and Ukrainian defenses
1: how Russia is faring in Ukraine with their Wagner Corps
0: which is like a mercenary Mm -hmm. quasi-government force right there's some commentary in there about Sino-Russian relations as we would say Sino-Russo yeah 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 in the diplomatic community (laughs) and that's all potentially sensitive because it gives you know the United States adversaries, I don't like to say the, the word enemies, because we're not en- unless like, they're at war. Yes, unless we are actually in a formally declared war, at which point I will say, okay, enemies. But for the sake of the ongoing hope that diplomacy will triumph, I will say countries that we have an adversarial relationship. Yeah, with. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, it gives them a sense of insight into what our planning and our thinking can be. And honestly, that level of insight can potentially, even, even from a small cache of documents like that, change the operating mindset of the people being observed. You know, they, there's that criticism of scientific inquiry in which simply by the act of observing something, you are in effect changing it. So the Heisenberg principle, the Heisenberg is, is that what they call it? Yeah. but
1: the, the, Yeah. So like, that's why in Breaking Bad, they call himself Heisenberg because he's like, if you observe me, I change, right. That's like the whole.
0: Yeah. So that's the problem. Basically some resources that were previously useful are maybe less useful. And that, Injures our government's ability. And, you know, our government is by no means perfect or good all the time, but I will take our government over the Russian or Chinese government any day of the week. And that recognition that our government's not always great at making decisions, particularly in regards to threat assessment, brings us to our first topic of the day. I stumbled across a headline in the Los Angeles Times. A nine-year-old girl didn't want her goat slaughtered. California fair officials sent deputies after it. Have you heard this story yet, Matt?
1: I think I've seen a few headlines about it. I do not know the specifics, but uh, let me just say, what
0: the fuck? Yeah, so (laughs) a woman named Jessica Long, her nine-year-old daughter, uh, wanted to participate in the 4-H program at the Shasta District Fair. Basically, what that means is the mom bought her daughter a goat, and then for three months, the little girl raised the goat, And then it was taken to the Shasta District Fair for auction. It's a charity auction. It's raising money for the county fair and for the 4-H program. And, you know, it's generally going towards a good cause and educating people about the relationship between livestock, food and farming. So all in all, it sounds like a really great program. Mm, Not for the goat. (laughs) For all the people involved, because I, I, I think, you know, you and I, you're a vegetarian. I'm not. But I think we both agree that. Animals are worthy of respect. And <laughs> I know I agree with that. I don't know, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like, I think we both agree that we live in Washington, D.C. Like, no,
0: like, <laughs> like, like one of us, no, I'm just kidding. Um, one of us no. definitely respects animals more than the other. <laughs> okay, like, to their face.
2: Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm nice to animals. I'm polite, but, you know, push comes to shove. I'm, they going to get eight. You're going to get a rib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I I think that there is a positive. I think one thing that makes people more respectful of animals and actually probably decreases meat consumption a little bit because I think when you understand the conditions in which livestock is raised for food, it gives you a greater appreciation of what's actually being killed, what's actually being taken away, what what the actual impact is. And for this nine-year-old girl, that realization was a bit too much. She spent three months. You know, watering, feeding and walking this goat around and she kind of <laughs> fell in love with it and she named him Cedar. Oh, OK. That's an adorable name for a floppy eared goat for a soon
1: to be dead goat. Yeah. the thing about this is, it, again, kids, like you said, kids raise these animals. And what I guess one thing they don't realize is they go, they show them at the fair and then right after that, they are led to slaughter. So, like, you raise pigs, bring them to the fair, and then they're killed almost immediately, and you get a blue mm-hmm. ribbon out of it, right? Yeah, That is, like, kind of how the, the thing goes. So, I can, it's
0: very traumatizing for a child who doesn't know this, right? Yeah. So, what happened was they brought the goat to the fair, and at any point prior to the fair, in theory, they could have probably backed out. I mean, yeah. you essentially have a contract with a nine-year-old. This is... <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like they were going to take him to court if they got the cops involved, right? Yeah. So... What happened was they go through the bidding process. Somebody bit. There's a winning bid for the goat. And at the end of the night, the barn's kind of empty. And the little girl is sobbing in the pen with the goat. And the mother makes the decision to commit a minor crime. All right. (laughs) In that she chooses to retain custody of the goat. And they take the goat home. And then she writes a letter to the fair, you know, apologizing, saying, hey, in this circumstance, this is going to be a, a traumatic event for my daughter, which I think is understandable. And she offered to re, uh, compensate the fare for any expenses, compensate the bidder. And, and the winning bid was $902. Wow. I didn't know the going rate for a goat was that much. Yeah. Hang on to that number in your head. All Plus, right. Plus, uh, so $902 for the bidder and then $67, which would have been the fair's cut. Okay. So 969 Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the goat was supposed to be uh, part of like a charity barbecue or something like that. that's the goat's ultimate destination right the Shasta County Fair was not having it it got to a point where they said if you do not turn this goat in immediately we are going to involve the police what in the fuck this is when it goes off the rails
1: right here also I like the fact that she literally kidnapped a goat here.
0: (laughs) baby goats are kids yeah
2: yeah (laughs)
0: That's why the name of the episode is Yeating Kids and Eating Kids. There you go. There you go. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) So the winning bid was $902, and it was actually State Senator Brian Dahl, a Republican, who agreed in principle that it would be okay not to slaughter this goat that he just won the bid for. Okay. So he's the winning bidder. He's the winning bidder. But again, this, this goat's destined for the charity barbecue. So he was never expected to take ownership of the goat. However, he is satisfied that his $902 donation is going to go to a good cause and that the goat could be retired to a goat farm that does like weed abatement. So in other words, you get the goats (laughs) out there in the field and they mow the grass for you, essentially. Yep. 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 So the guy who bought the goat, the lady who owned the goat, were both satisfied with that conclusion. And then the middleman, the Shasta County Fair said, no, we're going to get the police involved. And so they called the sheriff's department, which dispatched two deputies to drive with guns, f- with guns and a and a search warrant uh, <laughs> that has been described as basically the same search warrant that you get for a drug raid. So they had like permission to bust down doors. Like n- no knock
1: dr- goat raid.
0: Yeah, like there's a <laughs> little like a no knock fucking goat raid. So they dispatched these two deputies. They spent 10 hours driving 500 miles total round trip to go retrieve this goat, which was then promptly slaughtered and, and, and donated to the barbecue. So the goat is dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wish I could say this is the last time we're going to hear a story about a California sheriff's deputy smoking someone they shouldn't have,
2: (laughs) but this (laughs) is going to keep happening.
1: (laughs) What a horrible ending. And man, So this is turning into who's the asshole real quick. The (laughs) the people who called the cops on this
0: nine-year-old girl and the cops who executed a search warrant for a fucking pet. At an animal retreat, no less, because they weren't actually licensed to have this goat at their house. So it was actually staying at bleeding hearts, literally bleeding hearts like animal rescue. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh... So I did the math on this. So the winning bid was $902. And. You know, you can get goats as cheap as $250 a head, depending on the breed and whatnot, and they can get more expensive. But let's let's just assume that the market value of this goat was equal to the bid, which is probably not the case, given that this was a charity function in which the winning bidder was not expected to actually keep the goat. A Ford Explorer police interceptor gets about 17 miles per gallon. (laughs) The average price of gasoline at the time... I, I guess I, I did the math at the time that the... Uh, Which escapes you right now is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, no. I did the math at the time that the article was written, not at the time that this would have been taking place back in June. So my numbers here might be a little bit off. But about a month ago, the gas price in Shasta County should have been right around 482 a gallon. Holy fuck. All right. Shasta County deputies' average pay is $63,629 a year. Okay. So... 500 miles at that rate means they spent $141.76 on gas, probably a little bit more than that because unless they were putting the goat to shit and piss all over their back seat, they probably had some sort of animal trailer hooked up to it, which can significantly decrease your total miles per gallon. Their hourly pay is the equivalent of $30.59 an hour times two deputies is $61.18 per hour and The reporting shows 10 hours on the road, meaning the total cost of this exercise of going to get this goat costs the taxpayers of Shasta County seven hundred and fifty three dollars and fifty eight cents. So, I mean, um, I hear you, but
1: I mean, like um, as a society, I'm not sure we should give a shit about how much it costs to execute justice. I'm not saying justice was executed here. I'm saying we don't give a shit about that for, like, other things. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. And and I agree with you in principle there. However, in this circumstance, it is relevant to the story because the mother is now suing the Shasta County Sheriff's Department and the fair for waste of government resources and violating her and her daughter's Fourth Amendment and 14th Amendment rights. Is she a resident of the county? I would assume so, since she is— Well, I mean, you could go to a different county. And, yeah. Like, like, you know. And I don't know. I don't know how big Shasta County is. I. I it's, I'm that, sure it's
1: in Northern California. Eight,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it's huge. Yeah. It's a rural county. So 250 miles round trip is not crazy. Right. Right. Well, I mean, um, it's a, so what's the question? <laughs> so we have. So, this is horrible. It's not, but. it's not really. It's not really a question. I'm, I'm more soliciting an opinion on this, but. Like I said, the terms of the lawsuit are basically that they violated the Fourth Amendment rights, which is unlawful search and seizure. I don't know if that's going to hold water. I think it probably will, since she was actively engaged in trying to litigate this through non-legal stuff. And we're dealing with theft here. So, yeah, they can press charges, but are they going to throw this nine-year-old in prison? I mean – yeah. I mean, well, first of all, unless she's black. Right. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I hate to say it,
1: but like they, they, there's definitely cases of cops putting up like I think actual nine year olds in handcuffs and back. Oh, cop yeah. cars and Shit. So, yeah. I mean, and they, of course, they're not white, but it's
0: horrible. The bigger issue here is probably that 14th Amendment. And I, I assume when they say 14th Amendment, they're talking about the Equal Protection Clause, yes, which yeah. basically states that. The mother and daughter have the same right to legal recourse as the county fair. And in this case, I think that the ownership of the goat is actually in a pretty dubious state since the person selling the goat and the person who ultimately purchased the goat agreed on an alternative solution. It's actually does the Shasta County Fair acting as a middle person in this transaction have Mm. the right to demand a specific outcome? That's a good question, actually. So, I was the whole legal argument. I was like, the, the
1: cops absolutely, if they have a warrant, they absolutely have a right to go take this goat, yeah. right? They absolutely can go do this. It's a, something, and I'm sure Diana would be able to tell us all about this, but something called legal standing. And I'm standing. sure she will
0: in our yeah. special Patreon Discord.
1: Does, um,
0: uh, nice plug.
1: Um, does the fair have legal standing to send the cops here? Is, I think, an interesting question. And if they don't, why the fuck are the cops going to do a goat raid on this poor nine-year-old girl's bleeding heart rescue ranch or whatever the hell?
0: Right? Yeah, and, and at this point in the in the process, I mean, this is happening over the course of days, so this is this is taking place last June. It's just, the lawsuit is finally getting national attention, but th- this is actually taking place over a very short period of time in which there was a property dispute. There's no due process, maybe right? right? So what happened was the sheriff's department got a warrant on the basis of an accusation by one of three parties involved, they went out there, they confiscated the property, and then subsequently murdered that property and destroyed the property before any sort of other legal recourse could take place that would determine ownership or compromise between the interested parties. And a lot of this was done, apparently, on the basis of the communications that have already been released, in order to teach the girl a valuable lesson. And I think you and I both know what that lesson is. Never talk to cops.
1: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, really. I feel like the mom kind of has some blood on her hands here for not really explaining what's going to happen at the end of the three months, for sure. I think she kind of gave her kids unrealistic expectations.
0: I don't think that there was a lack of explanation on the part of the mother. That's not what it seems like. Okay. But it seems like. When confronted with the actual reality of what all of this entailed, the little girl just wasn't up to it. And that's OK. You know, you, you can take kids and try to push their limits and, and get them to, you know, my, my wife took my daughter to a birthday party where they were doing ice skating the other day, you know, ostensibly somebody, either my wife or the parent hosting the party paid for admission into the ice rink. And then my daughter did not get on the ice. She wouldn't even put the skates on. She wanted to go to the birthday party, but once she was there, she really wasn't feeling up to it. Sure. Yeah. That wasn't even a life and death situation. Yeah. It's also no properties exchanged. Yeah. I don't know. I think we can definitely
1: say the cops are the assholes. The fair are definitely the assholes. Oh, yeah. I and mean, the judge who signed off on the warrant is a huge fucking prick. This would not have happened were it not somebody signing off on a warrant, right? Yeah.
0: The, 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 this should have been a situation where a judge looking at that should have said, hey, wait a second. Or at least the information being presented to the judge should have fairly articulated that there were multiple parties involved, two of which had already come to a conclusion different than the fair, which was effectively acting as a middle person. I mean, it definitely just seemed local authorities terrorized a fucking child. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And they did it for the low, low cost of $753.58. I would have done it for half price. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) You would have murdered a goat for half the price. I would have terrorized a child for half a price. I would not have (laughs) murdered a goat. I would not have murdered a goat.
1: I I have more ethics than murdering a goat. (laughs) Well, speaking of terrorizing children here, I've got a topic um, that comes to us from the depths of Facebook, which is
0: uh, quickly turning into a hell site, right? Yeah. Facebook is basically the zombie apocalypse. bunch of old dead people. (laughs) (laughs) There is absolutely nothing of value happening on Facebook for the most part. Except this one next topic. <laughs> Shout out to my podcast beginners group. Y'all are great, but. Yeah, right. Yeah. All, all 150 of you and then the other 9,000 bots or whatever is in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, this post comes to us on Facebook from Timothy J. Nimeth, and he says, introducing the ultimate adventure for your little ones. Preschool skydiving classes. <laughs> Watch your child's confidence soar as they take the leap and experience the thrill of free falling with the safety of an expert instructor. <laughs> OK, so first of all, I think this is a great topic because um, when your baby Roman was coming in and interrupting us, I definitely wanted to throw him out of a fucking
0: airplane. So <laughs> <laughs> That's not OK. I'll throw you out of an airplane. Um, well, we'll see. Willingly, because I've been skydiving and I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> but, um, <laughs>
2: So
1: these photos, um, I've sent you the photos. They definitely look funny. They're like Gerber babies looking so happy, strapped to like a fucking tandem skydiver
0: who is just falling through the air 120 miles an hour. These images are absolutely captivating. Yes. And they are gorgeously rendered. They really capture the child's like imagination. (laughs) (laughs) However, I I, I have to I have to warn you, Matt, and I know you did the research for this topic. But upon examining these photos and being kind of a uh, skeptic. No, no, no. Well, (laughs) yes, yes, I am. I am a skeptic. But I'm also really into AI art generators. Mm. And there are some telltale signs that these images may be less than authentic. There are some places where the hairline gets kind of wispy and blurry, and right. then AI generators have a lot of trouble with eyes, often conflating pupils and irises. So there's like Hands little baby
1: pools. Fingers. You don't see fingers here. You know. Yeah. They're getting better at fingers. People are typing in hand jobs and wanting to see what that looks like by <laughs> AI. So it, it, it's it's learning, machine learning, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're right. Yeah, I'm starting to think these skydiving babies aren't real, too, man. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you absolutely are right, Timothy J. Nymeth. All you have to do is go to his page, and it says he's a digital creator. Okay. All of his like. Posts and photos are just him typing in AI type stuff. And there's like one with a rat wearing a cardigan, drinking a cup of coffee. It's very cute,
2: right? You know,
0: (laughs) I I think the other dead giveaway for me is that none of these babies seem to be wearing safety devices. So typically when you're skydiving, you're wearing goggles to keep things from like, you know, grains of sand from shooting through your eyeballs. Yeah. Helmets. Right. You would think.
1: So um, I looked into this. What age... If your child came to you and was like, I want to go skydiving, what age is an acceptable number for you for that child to go skydiving? for one of your kids? Let's say one of your kids.
0: Like if it was something that they were interested in and there was a local program or a uh, local flight school, I would say I think 13 would be acceptable.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, well, you might want to move to Australia where the age of skydiving is 12. Okay. In the United States, someone has to be at least 18 years old to skydive or 487 (sighs) months. I don't know. I I just threw that number out. Just in case they were born on a leap year. (laughs) (laughs) In Britain, it's 16. Okay. And in New Zealand, there is no age restriction. So your baby can go skydiving in New Zealand, according to New Zealand law. You're not nothing is breaking the law. Time in New out. Zealand. according
0: to New Zealand's skydiving law. However, I'm sure they have other laws regarding child endangerment. That would probably apply. (laughs) Who the fuck knows, right? Uh, I'd be willing to bet that an overzealous member of the police state would find a reason to charge somebody for throwing a baby out of an airplane.
1: Yeah, when I think of New Zealand, I think of uh, uh, think of a police state, right? (laughs) You mean where they where they filmed Lord of the Rings? It can't be. No. um, Also, yeah, I mean, what are the ethics around skydiving babies? Is probably the same ethics about jumping with your fucking service dog. They didn't get to pick it. You're yeah. forcing your animal to do this. Um, but I say the military trains babies to go skydiving every year and we call them Navy SEALs.
0: Right?
2: So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the reason why I chose 13 is because it's just like, you know, we let people join the military and skydive at the age of 18. So the notice I didn't say Marines because it doesn't make too much sense to parachute onto a, a dead beach. Right. So.
1: <laughs> no. Um, anyway, but you're a father of a child who you're entertaining right the second. Have you ever heard of the parachute reflex with babies? He's over there just making raspberry
0: noises. Yes, I have. So it's sort of an evolutionary holdover from when we were arboreal apes living up in the trees. And the idea is that when you drop a baby, they immediately spread out their arms and legs in order to try to grab a branch. Like you're parachuting, so they're they're natural skydivers is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, the parachute reflex
1: in uh, newborns is a motor response they develop around the age of five months. Uh, You can see their response when you hold the baby in a straight position and drop them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Quickly quickly turn him or her facing uh, downwards as if you're falling, right? Uh, They will extend their arms out to break the fall. The action is a parachute reflex, which remains with a human being for his entire life or her entire life. So it's kind of interesting. So I looked into this. What's the so you can't skydive babies? What about pregnant women skydiving?
0: Ooh, or pregnant people? So coming from the alcohol industry, I know that there's actually no law against a pregnant lady buying alcohol, mm. and there's no law against serving a pregnant lady alcohol. So I suspect there aren't any laws on the books that are going to expressly state that a pregnant woman cannot stop, uh, cannot skydive. However, I suspect that most skydiving companies would refrain from serving pregnant women if they are visibly pregnant.
1: Well, uh, funny you should say that, because according to LongIslandSkydiving.com, the simple answer is yes, you can skydive if you're pregnant. They actually oh. have a photo of a pregnant woman like on the website. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most Long Island thing ever. It's like, yeah, go skydiving, get a beer. right? Um, <laughs> the only problem is when the chute opens and the baby falls out. Well, it's, it's attached to a tether cord, right? Kind
2: of <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you cannot skydive pregnant as a first-time tandem skydiver because they say there are, quote, considerable liabilities. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, many pregnant women have skydived during pregnancy um, with no ill effects to themselves or their babies. So this is woman, Melissa Nellen Lowe, a multi-record skydive holder. She has jumped with a baby on board about 25 times.
0: Okay. This is self-reported, correct? Yes. So, like, there could be dozens upon dozens of people out there who have done horrible things to their unborn child and just simply choosing not to, like, announce it. Yeah, but, I mean, this is longislandskydiving.com we're talking about here. This is a very (laughs) scrupulous (laughs) website, you know? Yeah, well, and people on Long Island aren't known for keeping their fucking mouths shut. like, (laughs) like, yeah, I fucked up my kid. So what? I love
2: skydiving.
1: (laughs) Well, if you don't trust uh, LongIslandSkydive.com, you can trust a 2014 study published in the Clinical Journal of Sports Medicine that said it was too dangerous for pregnant people to skydive. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) See, and that's the answer I was looking for. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Because there are so... Like I've I've seen the way these parachute rigs work, you know I've I've seen them in action, and there's nothing about that entire process that screams to me, yes, a pregnant lady should be doing this. No, it's absolutely not. Absolutely. I like the fact
1: that it takes like an academic journal. You know, some professor was like, fuck it, publish or perish. You know what? Skydiving
0: is dangerous <laughs> for pregnant people. Like, just, you just needed an extra publication before before the tenure meeting. You know? I think what <laughs> happened was you probably heard this lady bragging about it on her fucking YouTube channel, was just like, I need to look into this. <laughs> <laughs> this seems wrong. <laughs> and then he did five minutes of inquiry, and then ChatGPT was able to write the entire article for him. Well, it was a 2014, so probably not. Yeah. But anyway. So, conclusion here is no, it's not real. He generated the images through AI. Yes, and they're great images. Definitely go look them they're, up. Maybe. They're funny. They're funny. And this is the part of the show where I'm obligated to tell you that I'm going to post some of these images to our social media. I and most never likely do. will and not. Never do. <laughs> but, you know, I might. You know, some, I might. Surprise. You better go check. He might. Yeah, I yeah. might. Like this is your chance to find out if I if I'm if I'm going to be there for you when the rubber meets the road, listener. So there you go. Well, how about when the blubber meets the forest? I will be camping this summer. So. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there will be a pool. So, oh, man, you camping. I, f- I feel like you get super fucking
1: hot, super fucking quick. You're going to be out out living outdoors in the summer on purpose. Yeah, but up in the mountains,
0: it's fine. All right. All right. All right as long as I'm not stressed, I'm usually okay. Like I can actually handle the heat. It's humidity that bothers me.
1: Well, yeah, you're, ca- you're camping with children. Why wouldn't you not be stressed? Yeah, of
0: course. <laughs> because uh, there's a fairly good chance that one of them won't come back.
1: Okay, nice. Well, speaking of little ones that won't come back here, you're like, uh, come, th- on, this-
0: come on, dingoes, come on, dingoes, dingo, eat my baby. Let's do you, this. Go- camping in the Outback Steakhouse parking lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair dingo. <laughs> (laughs) next topic comes to us from a reddit post from r slash weird um self-explanatory okay this photo is actually now deleted i went back and looked at this morning the post is gone Uh uh-oh fucking illuminati at work but it shows a humpback whale that the user says is in the amazon rainforest it is dead on the forest floor ryan you saw the picture Mm -hmm. first reaction what do you think about it
0: Uh, Well, I mean, the only evidence that we have that it is dead on the Amazon floor is that the post says it is Mm -hmm. in terms of plausibility. There are lots of places in the world where humpback whales roam where they could potentially beach themselves in in a wetland area like Sao Paulo, for example. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Amazon River, I don't know if you've heard, Matt, is actually a very, very large river. And it is not. Impossible for sea creatures to find their way into freshwater environments, Mm -hmm. which then turn out to be typically um, lethal. (laughs) Yeah, deadly environments. Because they're from a saltwater environment and mixing up the chemistry of the water that they're swimming in probably fucks with their ability to respirate and their ability to, I I would guess, regulate salts and and liquids inside of their body.
1: (laughs) But looking at the photo itself, does a photo look real to you you, you when you saw it?
0: It looked blurry as fuck. (laughs) Blubbery, right? Yeah. It looked like it could have been a whale carcass, but there was so much in there that wasn't explained or that wasn't in focus that I I could not say whether or not this was actually taking place in the Amazon or if it was in like a wetland or like I I couldn't determine. It looked like it looked like a dead whale.
1: The image definitely looks like that fake T-Rex we saw in Tennessee. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. It had like skin, which was, which was absolutely fake. But this photo is 100% real. Okay. It was a real humpback whale that washed ashore in Brazil on a remote forested island, kind of at the mouth of the Amazon. This animal was found in February 2019 at a time of year where they, he should have migrated to Antarctica. This is about a juvenile one. So about a year old. So how did he die? Well, his parachute probably didn't open when he was <laughs> skydiving.
2: <laughs> Boy, his mom
1: has a lot of regrets. <laughs> yeah. Again, this, this whale found 4,000 miles away from its suspected feeding grounds. A baffling discovery that stumped the scientists who found it. One Brazilian scientist said that it died at sea and the tide carried it 50 feet inland.
0: Oh, OK. That is some tide. Uh, I mean, it, with storm surges, it's it's not impossible. It's not a full sized whale. Right. Uh, and like I, like I said, I, I don't think that the area that you described sounds a lot like my my hypothetical areas where a humpback whale could end up on the quote unquote forest floor.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely know there's humpback whales in the Atlantic off the coast of Brazil. right? Yeah. And scientists hypothesized that this young whale got detached from its mother before it died. But during the season, the tide rises twice a day to thirteen feet. So oh, wow, that's, that's pretty. Yeah, so it could definitely carry. You could um, drive. You could drive a whale through that. It definitely <laughs> and it, it landed in a mangrove forest. Uh, you know, so we've talked a lot about dead whales on this podcast. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but this explains why an inflated carcass. You know, due to the gases of, de- of the decomposition. It was dragged into the mango forest. Yeah. It's absolutely true. When I first saw the photo, I did not think it's real. mango forest or
0: mangrove forest? The, mangrove, mangrove <laughs> forest. I, I think I did say mango, but I meant mangrove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess we can call this one completely verified then. It
1: is completely verified. Whales appearing in the Amazon jungle floor may sound weird, but this is not unprecedented. In 2007, a minky whale was stranded on the Amazon sand bank. Rescuers were able to free the whale, but. It was found dead a few days later, so good luck. They should have just turned it over to the Shasta County Police Department for their annual barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just fucking brought it to Oregon and blew it up and had a show about it, right? <laughs> but check out some of our earlier work for that joke. If there's one thing we know about babies on an aircraft, it's that they're fucking annoying, which is why you might want to throw one out of the airlock there. But this next topic has to do with what babies are allowed to do while they're still on the aircraft.
0: Yeah, and you know what? This this is actually kind of fitting. Uh, Have you ever heard of the Mile High Club, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Have I heard of it? Not only am I a president, I'm also a member, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after you join the Mile High Club, your first instinct is to do the one thing on airplanes that you're not allowed to do. Which brings us to our next topic from r slash too afraid to ask. And I don't know who they're afraid of, but. (laughs) <laughs> the FAA. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and this is posted by user BV Comforti like B capital B, lowercase V comfort I, lowercase. So BV Comforti. Okay. This is posted by user BV Comforti. If I'm on a plane that's about to crash, can I smoke a cigarette? Oh, I thought the question was, can babies do it? No, no, not this time. Babies, Babies, oh, babies okay. are not allowed to buy cigarettes in America. Oh. They're
1: allowed to smoke as long as it's a jewel right on their yeah. plane. That's <laughs> yeah. So can you smoke? First of all, if the plane's going down, no one's going to be like, excuse me, sir, put that out. So I'm going to go ahead and
0: say that right now. Somebody might say put that out, but I think you are free at that point to ignore them. I think yeah. the real trouble that you run into is if the pilot regains control of the situation and you land safely, then you're definitely going to face some criminal charges. You've got a fe- federal offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was recently a plane of a family
1: or a family of four. They were interviewed like on good morning, American shit. They were leaving Hawaii, leaving Maui flying mm-hmm. back to the mainland. I don't know if you heard about this, but the plane took a nosedive and it was within 800 feet of the Pacific ocean before the pilot regained control. And the father was like, I thought my entire family was going to die right then and there. And I feel like at that point might as well smoke him. If you got him. you Thanks know what for I'm that. saying? Yeah. Just
0: pass it out to all the kids. Hey kids. <laughs> You know, the only only downside is the joys of of smoking, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the worst part of that is when the dad made the family smoke the entire pack of cigarettes before the plane crashed.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, you think you're a tough guy, young,
2: young,
0: young, whatever the fuck you're about to die. It doesn't matter what insult you, you know? So the question is, if I'm on a plane that's about to crash, can I smoke a cigarette? Physically speaking, you are able to. Yes. 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 Unless unless your cabin has lost pressure. If you've lost pressure, you might find it more difficult to light that cigarette.
1: If you have an oxygen tank around your oxygen mask
0: around your face, you might not be able to smoke. So and just because you can do something doesn't mean that you're allowed to do something. It is still very much against the rules. Are you allowed to bring a lighter on a plane? Because if you can't, how the fuck are you going to light it? I mean, you can get a lighter on a plane, Matt.
1: Hey, Ryan, how do you sneak your lighters on a plane? (laughs) Right next to my cocaine is where I, <laughs> <laughs> I keister it. <laughs> oh, God. The <laughs> plane's going down, you're passing it, you're like, it's going to stink, but it'll get the job done.
0: <laughs> I-, I lean my head out the window and just catch the hot planes coming off the engine. <laughs> You need a window seat and a wingside seat for that one. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean, if you're really, if you're really desperate, you could get up into the lighting panel. Like if you have something that you could use to pry the lighting panel open, you could put, potentially cross some wires, create a spark. Is he going to go ahead and Steven Seagal so you can get a quick head rush before you die? <laughs> so I guess the only other question is, since we determined that you can do it, but you're not allowed to do it, should you do it? Uh, well, you should never smoke. <laughs> <You> should.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean what if, if the plane's going down, by and large, people do not survive plane crashes. So whatever you have to do to cope on the way out, I'm not
0: going to stand in a way in it. Because I don't want to be on that plane, right? So. <laughs> I think I'm going to disagree. Even as somebody who has historically enjoyed a cigarette or two, I am not going to advocate for it because I still think it's super rude. And I don't think your last act on this planet Earth, before you smash into it, yeah, <laughs>
2: should be being rude to other people. Like, it's
0: just not the right thing to do. Um, well, people bring babies on a plane every day. Is that not, is that, have you brought your baby on a plane yet? No, I've not brought my baby on a plane. However, I don't have any beef with people bringing babies on plane. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. An airplane is a form of public transportation. If you don't like it, go be Taylor Swift. Public. She's received a she's she's received a lot of criticism. For, oh, I know. For, oh, her, I know. Her, her use of private jets. I'm um, hung up on the fact that you're calling it a public thing. It's public transportation. Anybody? It's open. It's open to anybody. No, it's no. It's it's not free, but it is public. Trains are public transportation. You pay. Yeah, for Yeah, but they're them. they're subsidized by the government. Like like that's what makes it public. You're telling me that you don't think our airlines are in some way subsidized by the yeah, government? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, especially during COVID. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, but like Amtrak has a different, I mean, it's American Airlines, right? It's right in the name. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. That's, for, that's a topic for another episode, maybe. Yeah. Are airports public? Or are they publicly owned? Who owns the airport?
0: I, I think that would probably depend on the airport. But generally speaking, I, I, city government. I, well, I, I think airports are public-private partnerships, I would think. Okay. All right. Gotcha. I have no idea. I, like, let, let's let, we're speculating Matt, over, yeah, yeah. Let's let's you and I just sit back here and 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 shoot the shit about what how we think airports work without <laughs> lightest, actually looking it up. <laughs> Light a cigarette. You know, we'll call Pete Buttigieg. He'll fucking know. And, and I think there's a functional difference. Like, if you're saying the the question asker specifically says, "Can I smoke a cigarette?" and I think the answer is no. I think it's rude. Yeah. However, if you were vaping and it was just like a vape cartridge. Aside from how off-putting it is for the juggalo in front of you to fucking start blowing (laughs) fat clouds. eh, It's really just an odor in the air that you know was in somebody else's mouth. That's it. Like water vapor. Yeah. It's no different than breathing in their regular mouth-flavored breath.
1: Oh, God. Well, there you have it, folks. If your plane goes down, I say feel free to light up. And Ryan wants a harsher
0: mellow. So, yeah, I do. I do want a harsher mellow. But you know who's never going to harsh your mellow? It would be Rick Reynolds.
1: Yeah, it would be Rick Reynolds. Yes, you are
0: absolutely one hundred percent correct. Rick Reynolds' music has never harshed my mellow because he's been kind enough to allow us the use of his song "United" from the album "Portals in Progress," which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify.
1: Yeah, and I I, I hear Don't Wreck Yourself still has social media, right? Uh, yes, so we
0: do. Rick Yourself on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Yep, and the Discord server. Yes. So, okay, so here's here's the rundown. Basically, we are at Wreck your pod on all of the social media platforms that matter and also Twitter. Truth Social. <laughs> we are unfortunately not on Truth Social. We did sign up for parlor back in the day. Parlor back yeah. in the day, but then Amazon shut it down and silenced the right wing or whatever. But you can also find us on the podcast nexus Discord server where we have a public mega thread devoted to every episode of our show and discussion of episodes and topics. You can also get access to our patron-only Discord server. Uh, You'll find a link to both of our Patreons in the show notes. One Patreon is for anybody looking to air a recurring ad segment on the show, and the other one has more typical listener rewards like merchandise. And you can find me individually on Instagram and Twitter, at foodicide, that's at F-O-O-D-I-C-I-D-E. Uh, Matt, do you want to advertise any of your socials? Yeah, you can find me uh, inside any dispensary in Washington D.C. These days, so, you know. If you, if you see me, say hi.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, you can also you can also catch Matt on occasion in our Discord. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, patron only Discord, unless I drag him into the uh, podcast nexus stuff. Oof. <laughs> so if between now and next week you're wondering whether it's okay to eat your baby out of a crashing plane. <laughs> and you don't have time to wait for our next episode, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself.
1: We are united, but we're so far apart. And it won't change till we
2: change. We are, but we won't.
0: Oh. This episode edited by Ian Malden. This episode edited by Ian Malden. This episode edited by Ian Malden. Malden.